0: I know you enjoy these CEO stories as much as I've enjoyed recording them. So thank you for listening today. And if you like what you've heard, rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm looking forward to you joining me on the next great middle market CEO adventure into the corner office. Today, my guest is Jake Elgin. Jake is the owner and operator of Rainbow International of the Greater Charlotte area. You can rely on Rainbow to provide emergency service and quick professional service 24 hours a day for home restoration because they understand how important it is to react quickly in the unfortunate event of water, smoke or fire damage. Prior to Rainbow, Jake was a health physicist at Duke Energy and also at Fleur Hanford prior to joining Duke. Jake is a graduate of Purdue University with a Bachelor of Science in Environmental Health. Jake Elgin, welcome into the corner office. Thank you so much, Brandt. It's great to be here. Ah, wonderful to have you here, and been looking forward to hearing about your story. And uh, you're once again another C12 member. Uh, many of our listeners know C12, but as a quick refresher, it is a uh, uh, company or peer advisory group of CEO business owners and, and uh, CEOs across the country. And Jake and I met each other through that great organization. And all of us are faith based, and uh, it's just wonderful to be able to have another C12 guest. And you know, we'd like to kind of get started. Jake, and hearing a little bit about your early years. So, maybe you can tell me a little bit about where, where you grew up and what your early family life was like. Well, Brant, I grew up in Indiana um, right at the, the centennial.
1: I was born on Kentucky Derby Day in 1976 in <laughs> Louisville, Kentucky. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, so, that's always been a near and dear time for you know, the, that part of the country. Yeah. I grew up uh, around Louisville in, in southern Indiana. When I was in the fourth grade, we moved to a small town outside of Bloomington, Indiana. Uh huh. And went through high school there, a lot of formative years where we were about an hour away from the rest of my extended family. So that was, that was a good Midwestern upbringing, huh? It it was a really foundational (laughs) part of my life, surrounded by farmers. And so my dad was an engineer.
0: Brothers and sisters? uh... Are I have two brothers, brothers, yeah, both Adam.
1: younger than me. Okay,
0: I had a CEO yesterday. He was also the the third oldest of three brothers, and I'm the youngest of three brothers. So it I see. needs yeah. to be a lot of that going around. So yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you're the one who trained your parents right on being a father and mother. Oh goodness, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I led the charge there. I gave him. I did
1: give him a little bit of a run for
0: their. Buddy. Oh yeah, first one always <laughs> does. So you said your so. dad was an engineer. Was was he college educated? Yes, he was. He what went kind to of work did he do? He went to GMI
1: Institute up in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a mechanical engineer. He worked okay. for the as a civilian contractor for the for the armed forces. Um, yeah, yeah. Of all things, and, they had a naval base in the middle of Indiana that <laughs> supported small small arms uh, munitions and right. And so figure. he was he was. <laughs> He took that job. That was part of why we moved out of, out of Southern Indiana to sure, the sure. Louisville area up to, up to Bloomington. He worked there from the time I was in the fourth grade until I graduated from high school. My high brothers, school. I think, yeah. graduated uh, by the time they... Then he moved to Alabama to work at the Redstone Arsenal. Got so it, doing some it. different things.
0: And mom was stay at home or did she also work out of the home? Uh,
1: mom stayed at home with us until yeah. we started into school. Um, she was a dental hygienist and she okay. always, she was known all around, uh, the county as just one of those bright, uh, shining personalities. She yeah. was always, she was always supportive of us and
0: supportive of her clients and just had a real great demeanor. Awesome. Um, what were some of the, uh, inspirational messages that perhaps you got from mom and dad during those early formative years? Oh, to work hard. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing's, nothing's given to us for
1: free. Um, my dad, my dad started his 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 career before he went into the engineering uh, segment of the working for the working for the navy. Um, he was a farmer and had several several hundred acres of oh. corn and soybeans, and and had a real challenging time towards the end of the nineteen seventies, going into the eighties, um, where he unfortunately experienced bankruptcy, and we we had to move and. Um, but, you know, the, the lesson of hard work and, and self, self-reliance was, was always taught to me from a very early age. Uh, right, right. Taking on, whether it was taking on additional projects to try to earn extra income so we could, you know, so we could play the sports and, and do the things that, that they wanted to provide for us as kids to go yeah. through the, our experiences and, and grow and learn. So, Well, you went were, to
0: Purdue. Were, were you a good student in school?
1: I was, I was, I would say in my 20s, I had some prodigal moments.
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) What about the early years? What about junior high and middle school? Junior
1: high and middle school. We were, I was very, you know, I was always a very good test taker. I was always very good at at academics, you know, picked up and learned, uh, you know, whether it was math, science, I was always in the AP classes. And and I was a a middle to high end student through high school. Went to college and and kind of veered a little bit, but you know, particularly towards my my sophomore junior year. Going in, I had an, had an internship going from my junior to senior year. Um, you know, coming out of those times and thinking, "Oh wow, I've got to graduate and and really earn a living." I need <laughs> to buckle to get down serious. and, <laughs> and yeah. get serious about about it.
0: Um, so. It well, was, during those early years, did, did you pursue outside activities? Were you involved in sports, music, theater? You know, kind of elementary school, middle school, high school,
1: all of the above, Brent. Yeah, it was a small. We were in a small town. Um, we had, we graduated ninety four students in in nineteen ninety four. So, it was just a really small high school that we went to. And yeah. I was I was a four year letterman on the baseball team and the tennis yeah. team, and I played basketball. My Freshman and sophomore year, um, I was in a high school musical in my junior oh, year, and fantastic, and so Got just a lot of different stage. activities. Yeah. We're always yeah. involved with church growing up through that phase. Um, Did Christ play a pretty important role in your upbringing? A, a very important role in yeah. my upbringing, um, really setting that that I was uniquely into, you know, uniquely uh, gifted, and and that He saw me as a person, um, that he had a special purpose in, in mind for me. Um, that, that, confidence is still just something that, that I can, I can turn back to those promises that he has for us. Did you accept Christ in early age or did that come about a little later in life? I did. I was, I was in the sixth grade. Um, Mm -hmm. I was sitting in the church and the communion plate was passing along and Mm -hmm. I asked, I asked God for a sign with, what i should do next and and the guy tapped me on the shoulder and he said will you take communion today and and it was just it was one of those things that really that spoke out to me and <laughs> and i went up to the front and and pro- proclaimed my faith with, awesome.
0: and I got great. baptized so yeah wonderful Wonderful. What about outside of church? Were there other inspirational people? You have a favorite coach, or a you know drama teacher, or you know someone a teacher, a, you know someone that was um, very inspirational for you and influential in your childhood. I had. I always say some
1: of your some of your worst bosses, your worst coaches, can be more motivational to oh, you yeah. than than. <laughs> and you don't have to mention ones, any names, right? <laughs> but I'd,
0: I'd love to hear some of those things. What were some you of those know, things I learned from others? We,
1: we it was you know. Back in the 80s we we still, you know, I'll say Bobby Knight, you know, I'm from Bobby Knightland. Right. <laughs> you right. Know, growing up, we I got to watch him on the TV, you know, Throwing every winter. I mean, he was, <laughs> you know, that was just that was old school Indiana basketball and that's, that's kind right. of what I grew up in with my coaching environment mm-hmm. and with our athletic teams and just you know, where you get out and you work hard and you've got to work harder than everybody else. Um, you know, so those were those weren't those weren't experiences where we were coddled into <laughs> into greatness.
0: <laughs> I will say no, we that were, wasn't how it you was. You you were right?
1: forged into you know the cold weather and and just play. I mean, I remember you know putting on gloves and and a oversized coat and trying to go take a scoop shovel and clean the driveway off so we wow. could go play basketball out yeah. in the middle of the snow. And and we yeah. it was just kind of what we did. The neighbor, my friends would get together. We would just we would we would work it, work it out. And, you know, the coaches were, they were tough, you know, they were fair. We didn't, you know, we didn't, we didn't get hazed or beaten or anything like that, you know, it was, but it was tough. I mean, they expected a lot out of us. And, and so, you know, I won't say, I won't say that there was anybody in particular that stood out through my, through my high school career, or even in, in, in that phase where there was, you know th- there was a shining light, but it was it was it was definitely formative for me to to instill hard work and dedication yeah. and you know just
0: really some grit I'll say right I can imagine were you involved in any entrepreneurial things growing up? did you have the ubiquitous paper route or sell Christmas cards or do other things that raised extra pocket money?
1: My brothers always did i i never I never had anything like that growing up i yeah. I I really plowed through and, and stayed pretty focused on sports and, um, keeping your grades, you know, up. I had a, yeah, <laughs> keeping my grades up for the most part, you know, I had, I had a few little odd and end jobs here and there, but sure. it was, it was, it was, um, that was something I watched my brothers do. I was, you know, I always watched my dad do, but, but it
0: wasn't, it wasn't in my cards, I'll say. Well, you stayed in the region for school, Purdue, of course, known for its uh, excellence and uh, really standing out in these last few years. You know they've done a wonderful job at keeping tuition down and uh, really encouraging a lot of people there. The current president's been been doing some amazing things. Well, what made you decide to go to Purdue, and and uh, you know how did that work out for you?
1: Well, I started I started out uh, during my freshman and sophomore year at a at a small at a small liberal arts college Uh uh, uh, called University of Evansville there in Southern Indiana. Um, That, that was, I tried to go down and play baseball there and and unfortunately I didn't make the team. Yeah. Um, So I spent two years there and and really kind of stalled out. It was a pretty devastating time in my life to, to all of a sudden not be involved like at all in sports. So yeah. So we picked up and and I started talking with my dad again, probably the most influential person in my life mm. um, and we just started talking about purdue and and a change away from from that college environment, which I didn't have any real direction or sense of purpose with. I was you know, lightly you know academically pursuing a medical degree, but my grades were you know, they were fair. I was passing, but I didn't have, you know, I didn't have anything close to driving in towards an NCAT degree or or qualification. So it's, you know, he really, he really sat me down and said, son, you need to, you need to think about this, um, because it's your future. This is really, this is really important. You're spending a lot of money trying to, trying to get a degree in place and to know that you are going to be able to support yourself after, after college life so we started talking about the health sciences department at purdue Mm. university um they offered a a an industrial hygiene and health physics curriculum degree which was science-based um it was something that that both him and my grandfathers had had we kind of all talked about as a degree program it was something that was a it was a hard science, but it also had a lot of soft science aspects to it. And my early credits from University of Evansville, Evansville transferred there. Transferred over, that's great. You know, so I didn't. I didn't You're able to go there as a junior I was, then. Yeah, I, I went in as a junior. I still lost a little bit of time and, and ended up having to go f- you know, f- for what I call a victory lap, um, <laughs> the fifth year of college. But uh, with some of that, when the, some of that transfer of credits it didn't it didn't quite line up to where i had a four-year track but i had a five-year track um but it really gave me the chance to get back into um into a degree path that right i was able to to really latch onto and and excel in It, it was it's it's given me so much of uh so much blessing in terms of of meeting people in the in a very small industry uh, the nuclear power industry is incredibly
0: incredibly right. niche, um, and so was that your first job, uh, Jake? Out of out of Purdue, R- right? It to was, the, yeah, right. I what, did an what, internship what out there. Okay, mm-hmm.
1: I I did an internship um, for the department of, for the contractor that worked out in Washington State for the right. Department of Energy there at, at Han- the Hanford site, um, just supporting different projects, and that allowed me to meet some some of the of the professionals that worked out on the different reactor building sites doing environmental and hazardous waste cleanup. Right. Um, it was a really complicated project. Uh, it's still ongoing today. I still keep some pretty close ties with some of my old, my old managers out there yeah. and what they're doing. Um, and that internship led to an opportunity for me to take a full-time position out there. Awesome. Um, we were supporting, um, uh, what was called the spent nuclear fuel project uh where there was a a nuclear reactor that that you put fuel rods into the reactor and they yep. they get irradiated and they were yep. pulling those rods out to make uh plutonium so that they you know that was that was directly supporting the cold war effort yeah. at the time nuclear so program yeah we awesome. were cleaning it all up and it was yeah. it was it had a really great you know environmental impact mission which for me was yeah it was was just instrumental. I loved I loved the mission of what we did yeah. on that on that Did site. you have some
0: uh, leadership responsibilities early on there, Sheikh?
1: I did. I went, yeah. I I was a individual contributor, just a general staff scientist for for about a year and a half. Um I was able to move into a first line manager's role, hmm. you know, by the time I was 24, 25 years wow. old. Was that the first lead. time you started managing
0: people? about 24, 25? Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. um where
1: we worked shift work, we had to produce um, different work scopes and manage people and support uh, the the radiation safety and and health operations of mm-hmm. of everything. We protected the people, we protected the the environment, we protected the work site, making sure that that folks were safe as they were doing the work activities out there to clean to clean the buildings out yeah. and, and for prepara- preparation of of disposal of all
0: the, all the waste products. So, yeah. Awesome. What were some of those uh, early management lessons you learned during those days in Washington? To listen. uh, (laughs) (laughs)
1: Right. You (laughs) you know, I was, I was, I was a, I was just a young, (laughs) fresh out of college guy. Sure. You know, I, I've always had a lot of Probably managing people
0: that were twice your age as well, right? Uh,
1: Every bit of it. And they were, They were unionized. Somewhere. It was a unionized labor workforce. Oh, of yeah. You know, a lot of them were out of the Navy, and so that all, that always adds a lot of, you know, we had submariners and and guys off of some of the <laughs> the big surface ships that had nu- that were nuclear propulsion. You know, those guys were the they they were the cream of the crop, and that's who I got to to work for and learn from. So a that's lot awesome. of the, a lot of. A lot of the upper management positions, whether it was in our department or in operations departments or environmental. I mean, this, there was so much of the of the Navy in the discipline and the sure. And, sure. and very command and control kind of culture. Processes, yeah. Right. Yeah. It it was it was incredible to go through that experience and to listen and to learn. Um going in through a, a junior management role. Right. into, into a first line supervisor role where, you know, there was one point in time where we had 25 to 30 employees that were on shift. Mm. Um, we had to manage a, a, a nationally certified laboratory for analytical instrumentation, uh, to, to determine what types of radioactivity were in the different mm. locations of the facilities. It was just a really, it was a really, really neat time awesome. in my yeah. life.
0: So you know, we talked earlier about your Indiana coaches, and it, it probably there was more bad behavioral lessons that you learned from good. And you know, many of our CEOs have said the same thing about some of their work experience. You know, they had good bosses and and not so good bosses, but you can always learn from those experiences. What what, what were some of the best or worst lessons you learned? Uh, you know, in that in those first couple of jobs. Well, I'll just I'll go back to what I initially said. You had to listen. Yeah. Um, right.
1: When. When you start into a position, you don't know what you're doing. You don't That's know right. what you don't know. Yeah. So if, if you go in with attitude and ego, um, it's just, it's really hard to gain respect and to be a good leader in a position like that when you just, you don't know how to make the call. So you have to surround yourself with, with good people and, you know, be able to listen to the advice that's being given to to handle situations so that so that you can make the right calls and make the right updates and do your job allowing for the, the folks that report to you
0: to do their job and to do it right and so well, you've been, uh, you, you worked for, the, for, for up in the nuclear area. And as a recall from your background, you had another job, but you've been an entrepreneur for a number of years now with Rainbow. T- tell me when you kind of made that switch, what was the thought process you went through from working for other people to deciding to go out on your own and, and take up the franchise? The biggest switch in transitional phase was
1: when I met, met my future wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that took us from Washington to the Carolinas. Um, okay. Is that where she's that. from? No, that's not – She's she oh. grew up about 20 minutes away from me in, in oh. southern Indiana okay. outside of Bloomington, but Got it. Got had it. moved to Washington. And then we we looked at just – it was incredibly far away from home, and mm-hmm. I had an opportunity to come up at Catawba Nuclear Station uh, to join the Duke Power uh, Network right. and come to work here. Um, that was – and that was even more – time consuming the nuclear power work was it was not environmental cleanup it was it was power generation and right. it was incredibly challenging and complicated and mm. and from that it was really rewarding but working six days of you know six days during the outage and working 14 to 16 hour days wow. and wow. and having a lot of that on un, uh, some unscheduled outage work it just it was just it really took my time away and and very um, stressful. It I didn't like. have. It was incredibly stressful. Um, so we we had talked about, you know, we were we were newly married when when we arrived here in the Carolinas. Um, I worked at the at the power station for three years, and and just saw that the outage work was getting harder, and the hmm. schedules were getting longer, and and the higher I went into management, the more pressure and the more time was going to be taken away from our family life right and it just you know what are you
0: working for yeah
1: the nuclear power industry is very remote you know here is in the here in the carolinas around charlotte is pretty unique situation where the where duke has several nuclear reactors within a large metro area most most of the nuclear power stations in the country are not even close to a metro area so off the beef path yeah it was you know Although we grew up in the country, it was important for me and my wife not to move back to the country. We,
0: right,
1: right, <laughs> we kind of right. we enjoy the sporting events and the and the shopping. Yeah. We enjoy you know some of those things that that a more suburban life has to offer. So um, we were also talking about starting a family, and and it was mm-hmm. just one of those things. All that you know, I felt God pulling me out of out of a I didn't God was pulling on my heart. I didn't have any passion for making electricity. Right. It was it was incredibly complicated. There was even more, you know, moving parts of just people and technology and 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 frankly and governmental oversight. I mean, it's just a really a hard regulation. industry. Yeah. A lot of regulation. Yeah. yeah. that was getting much much more difficult to to implement strategic, you know, strategic initiatives and strategies
0: to 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 adhere with the regulations so well with rainbow you're back to the you're back to the cleanup business right but in a right. very different way <laughs> in a much different way yeah how so, did that come across the transom
1: well i was I was reading different books at the time and yeah. and entrepreneurial initiatives as you know trying to get an idea of so if 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 I was to go out and start a business, you know I could go open a pizza company or go into the restauranting industry or you know, maybe open a sign franchise or something like that. Right. And and really didn't know what I wanted to do, but I got hooked up with a, with another franchising type company called the Entrepreneurs Source. Mm. And that was through my alumni network here in Charlotte that I got, I got plugged in with a guy that knew Mm. of our parent company called the Dwyer Group. Right. And now, now known as the Neighborly Brands. And there's 27 franchises in our franchising organization right. or so right now. But Rainbow International, it, it checked all these boxes from my technical background of, right. around mold remediation and and asbestos identification and using air movers and dehumidifiers and, and all these pieces of equipment to dry structures out and make sure that it's done safely and, and so it gave me a business model that was yeah it was well, instantaneous it, it was instantaneous, yeah. it was instantaneous yeah. uh, from a technical background what what needed to be done so i that's part of what my you know through the books that i was reading that said stick to your strengths don't right. go into a line of business or try to start a company if you don't have some technical strength inside in, your wheelhouse in it. yeah. it's, if it's yeah. outside your wheelhouse how do you yeah. get traction so that's right so no, that's that was the smarter. beginning for me i thought you know i thought i'm you know i'm a real nice guy i i i can talk well to people i can take this model and i can and i can implement it <laughs> but the how long ago? Oh, that was twelve any. years ago. Twelve years. And wow. Fantastic. God has God has been honing off and forging <laughs> all the other all the other aspects of my life ever right. since then. How oh, many employees today? Goodness. Since then. Oh my goodness. Wow. Uh fantastic. we're working a little bit yeah. here and a little bit there. But we've for the last for about the last six months, we've been right at twenty two to twenty-five employees. But when did you get involved in C twelve? C twelve for me was just,
0: I'm just shy of my two year mark with C twelve. We joined about the same time then. It was October of Mm seventeen for me. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. How? Mm -hmm. What kind of an impact that has that had on your business? Oh, I, yeah, I don't want to sound cliche, but it's it's
1: been extraordinary.
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, I feel the same way, so that's good to hear. It's been
1: extraordinary. I always, you know, I've I've been a lifelong. Long Christian with a little bit of a prodigal path in my twenties, right but right. I started this company and felt like i was I was in God's will at the at the time
0: mm.
1: working through you know providing a good place for people to work, um, providing a great service for our customers um, and doing that with with a smile on my heart um, mm. but it was really until c twelve I, I was always very partitioned. Like I go, right. when I go off to work, yeah, I am who I am, but I'm not outward about it. I'm always right. inward. Yeah. And C12 gave me such a different perspective of what mm. it means to be intentional and outward about my faith in Christ Amen. and putting Christ as the, as the CEO of my company. Yeah. And it's, it, it really has. It's been revolutionary. Yeah. So, oh, that's great to hear. I still feel like we're on the beginning of that path. Right. Um but God has become my my best recruiter. <laughs> he's become, you know, the provider of 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 our financial cash flow. He's been he's just been working, you know, all things for for our good. And and all of these things happen. The more I let go. <laughs> right. The more I right. try to let go, the more he yeah. takes over. And yeah. it's so hard to explain, but I've got, you know, I've got I've got miracle stories that are, I don't know,
0: that could just go on and on and on about how Christ <laughs> well, tell, shows up. Tell me a little God bit about up, how how has so. your leadership style evolved over the last 12 years? How's that changed? I've become much
1: more Disciplined Mm -hmm. and accountable, knowing that if, if, if knowing that God wants excellence for me means I have to, to, I have to toe a line of excellence and I can't give too much grace. It's, I've always been overly soft or unaccountable or just accommodating to people in their place. And so, you know, it, it's so hard to recruit you know, right now in the construction industry and Absolutely. in every industry there's yep. you know, record low emplo- unemployment, yeah, 50 year low. In, right. Unemployment. I mean, there's yep. just so many things that are challenging in the business mm. environment right now, but, but people for me, people that I allow into my company are, are it's, it's, it's completely changed in the last two years, how hmm. we've how we've recruited, who who God has brought into, it, whether it's my sphere, my operations manager, my my reconstruction division. I mean, just these different folks that have been coming in and out of out of the company. Um, just the level of accountability that mm. I'm not only allowed, you know, holding them to, but they're holding the rest of the company accountable right. for and right. the, and the productivity. Um, I, I'm no longer.
0: the the one
1: man in the, in the canoe (laughs) trying to to row up river. Yeah. yeah. Working more on the
0: business than in it. What what do you look for when you're making bets on the people you invest in, Jake? Um, that's
1: a, that's a revolving, that's a revolving target still for Mm me. Mm -hmm. Um, accountability, um, discipline, a a need for excellence, attention to detail. Mm. Um, alignment with our core values. I mean, there's a process that we're going through, um, that Gina Wickman wrote, wrote a book on called traction. Yeah. Uh, the, oh yeah. The EOS model. <laughs> and so right. there's just so many pieces to that, that we're trying to put in place right now. Um, that's, that's been, that's been, that was another tool that, that I came in into contact with, with the, through the C12 right. organization. Yep. And, and, you know, I've, i i could hardly afford to go into into C twelve and 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 be a part of that group just because of because of our financial right. stresses at the time. Particularly two years ago, we were going through a season of a season of uh, drought and winter. Um, so coming on board with that, just changing, continuing to evolve, who is the sets of talents that we have, the the heart for Christ, um, just just several different things like that yeah. have really changed the company and how we're becoming more missional awesome. about about our work and and our mission that we take care of every What's, day. What what
0: do you think's most unusual or perhaps unique about uh, the company culture at Rainbow there in Charlotte? Uh it's uh, that's our outward focus for Christ. Yeah.
1: And and taking People that know you for our, that now. We we're our internal pl- employees are becoming much more um open and vocal about their faith or their experiences that they're having, whether they, whether they have a faith in Christ or, or not um, they're, they're just, they're starting to be a different attitude and uh, cadence for the company with, with um, the drive for excellence with, Mm. with the team recruiting other, other people, whether it's their neighbors, whether they've got a whole lot, a whole different, mindset of, of bringing new folks on board
0: with us. So, right.
1: and that's transferring right. out to our customer care as well.
0: Yeah. So. Awesome. Well, Jake, you've been very generous with your time, but we always have one last question. We ask all the CEOs on the show and, and that's kind of what career and life advice would you give to someone who's listening? Maybe they're 10, 15 years, your junior, but they have got their eyes on running a company someday, or perhaps want to be an entrepreneur like you. What, what, what would you tell them? I would tell them
1: it's not as easy as you think. Mm. Um, I always say I was probably naive enough to get past <laughs> get past the the tough um the tough day-to-day experiences but um there's definitely there's definitely so much reward with taking control of your time and helping to pour into others um I would I would not look at something as a as a get rich quick type of scheme um as, as a value to you and to your customer base to just look, look hard at what you're trying to do. Um, really evaluate the, 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 marketplace, evaluate the competition and, and just evaluate your risk tolerance. If there's time, you know, we didn't have any kids. We were, we were, um, we were early in our thirties when my wife and I, we made that transition out of corporate life. The changeover is when you're accountable for your own cash flow and 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 the the payroll. It's 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 big. Risk. You got to be ready. You got to yeah. be ready to run hard and put put it all on the line. Um, right, right. And, and mate, to to because nobody 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 quite cares like you do after, after time. <laughs> that's right. After that's time, right. you can build a team that cares yeah. cares just as much as you do it. And that's even in these in these hard. Uh, recruiting and and employment uh, challenges that we face yeah. right now; those yeah. people are are definitely still out there, and they're looking for a home to to share and mirror your vision with.
0: Yeah. Um, so, so, well, Jake Elgin, owner and CEO of Rainbow International of Greater Charlotte, thank you so much for sharing your journey into the corner office. Thank you, Brant. I really appreciate you.